My name is Daisha Clay. I'm the audio librarian here at Classical 91.7. While I'm a real librarian, I have a deep, dark secret. I know very little about classical music. I grew up listening to rock. And I know something about jazz. But when it comes to classical... The thing is, I want to learn. And as it turns out, I work with people who know a lot about classical music. Every week on this show, one of my coworkers will give me a homework assignment, a piece of classical music they think I should know, and then we'll discuss it. Come learn with me in the classical classroom. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Classical Classroom. I'm Daisha Clay, and today my teacher will be Brett Mitchell, who is the former assistant conductor of the Houston Symphony Orchestra and the soon-to-be assistant conductor of the Cleveland Orchestra. Hello, Brett. Hello, Daisha. Thank you for having me today. Thank you for being here. What are are you going to teach me this week? I think that we should talk a little bit about, since we both have such a love of it, some of the music from Star Wars. I think this is a fantastic idea. Uh Please begin. Okay, so so we've actually talked in the interest of full disclosure a little before we came on the air, and I asked you to do a little bit of homework, and that is to look up the definition of the term leitmotif, because what John Williams does throughout the Star Wars score is basically use a whole bunch of leitmotifs to depict various characters. But maybe you could tell us a little bit more about what a leitmotif exactly is. Well, leitmotif... As uh, I looked it up in this very complicated book called the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. Very good. (laughs) (laughs) Did Wagner invent the term or did he just invent leitmotif? You're absolutely right that it was Wagner, the the great 19th century German opera composer, Richard Wagner, who really took the leitmotif idea to the extreme. Wagner certainly wasn't the first person to use a, a melody to evoke a particular character or particular idea. But what Wagner did, for example, the most famous Wagner leitmotif is probably um, the Valkyries leitmotif, which we all know from the ride of the Valkyries. So every time this tune shows up in one of the ring cycle operas by Wagner, you know that either the Valkyries are about to enter the stage, they're on stage, they're about to leave the stage, or they're being talked about. Everybody knows this tune. the wabbit. Right, exactly. Kill yeah. the wabbit. Yeah. But it's a, it's a totally recognizable, instantly recognizable tune. I mean, even if Wagner only goes you know what it is. You don't ha- even have to hear the rest of the melody. So, when John Williams set about writing the very first Star Wars score in 1977, he used the exact same approach. So, what we'll talk about today is the leitmotif use in the Star Wars movies, because they are all, look, we all know these tunes, whether it's, um, right, which is Darth Vader's theme. But a lot of people don't necessarily know that it's Darth Vader's theme. I think that's probably the most obvious, that it's Vader's theme. But there are tons of other motifs in the piece that are meant to evoke people or ideas. And that's what we'll talk a little bit about today. This is very exciting. Good. I can't wait. <laughs> so, so why don't we just start at the beginning of the very first film, right? Okay. So 
And by first film, let's be honest, we're talking about the 1977 film, okay? Not Thank the 1999 you. film, for heaven's sakes, Phantom Menace. Menace, indeed. So Amen. the very first thing that you hear is the very famous Star Wars motif. So that's the main theme, but it's also the theme that depicts Luke Skywalker anytime you hear it, especially in the original three films. So, for example, the very first time that we ever meet Luke Skywalker on Tatooine, his, uh, they're, on, they're out in the desert, and his aunt calls him, calls his name, shouts his name. There's been music before, and all of a sudden the music stops, and the horn plays. And that's it. But it's enough to let you know that it's Luke. I should mention, too, because of something we're going to listen to in a little bit, that this tune does have two strains. In other words, there's a first part of it and a second part of it. So we all know that part. Mm -hmm. The second part is... So that's the B strain mm -hmm. of that tune. Another tune that shows up in the very first film and quite early on is a theme that's associated originally with Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's sort of the Jedi master. We don't know that yet. We know him as Ben Kenobi. Mm -hmm. And that tune is also probably pretty recognizable. This is Obi-Wan Kenobi's theme. But it also becomes known as the force theme. Basically the, the religion, if you want to call it that, mm -hmm. of Star Wars. It's interesting that Wagner employed this with opera mm -hmm. and that John Williams had the, the sort of presence of mind to bring that to film. Yeah. When George Lucas was in sort of the final production phase of Star Wars, he called it over and over again to Johnny, as he knew him, John Williams. <laughs> he said, this is a space opera. And he said, he said, it's so important for me that the audience feels comfortable with something. And they're not going to feel comfortable with what they're seeing on the screen because it's totally foreign to them. It's lightsabers, which nobody's ever heard of. They're kind of a laser sword. And then there's blasters, which are like, you know, laser guns and all of this. And it's characters we've never seen. He said, I really think that we would be best served by having an extremely traditional romantic hmm. score that uses those ideas of the leitmotif. So it really, frankly, was John Williams and the Star Wars score that brought back this style of film composing. Huh. Yeah. So l let me play you a couple more themes, and then we'll actually listen to something okay. from, from the soundtrack. So we've had the Star Wars theme which we say is also Luke's theme. We have the Force theme. We have also what's known as the Rebel Fanfare. All of these motifs have to be instantly recognizable, right? And so the Rebel Fanfare is actually, in, in musical circles, what we would call some parallel triads, but it goes like this. The tune is... 
but the tune with the melody is That's the gist of the rebel fanfare. The rebels are the good guys, right? It's Luke Skywalker and Leia and Han Solo. So anytime there's anybody on screen and they're talking about we have to fight the evil empire because we are the good guys, we are the rebels, that's when you hear the rebel fanfare. Leia, like her, I don't think I'm giving anything away here, her brother, Luke, has, um, I, I hate to give away the end of the ring cycle too, but everything ends badly. Um, <laughs> Leia has her own theme as well, which appears in this, this clip that we're going to hear. And here's Leia's theme. It's beautiful, lyrical. first statement but what you really need to know is just this that's Leia's theme one more theme that I want to play you from the excerpt that we're about to listen to this is much less a theme and much more what we would call a motif a theme is a longer tune like mm -hmm. a motif is a really short kernel and the Death Star, while it is important in the first film, doesn't have a lot of lines, so mm -hmm. you don't need to give it much more than a motif. And the Death Star motif is two chords. One of them is what we call augmented. And then it goes to a minor chord. And it sounds like this. That's the Death Star, sort of really, really menacing. So the first clip that we'll play is from the first Star Wars film. And this is getting towards the end of the film. So this is called uh, Ben's Death and TIE Fighter Attack. And I'll talk you through all the motifs as we go through. This is how John links up musical ideas with what's going on on screen. There's Ben's theme. Mm -hmm. The Force. He gets struck down. Leia's theme. I can hear the dialogue, you know. Mm -hmm. Han says, blast the door, kids! <laughs> <laughs> and then Obi-Wan says, run, Luke, run! And they have to get out of the Death Star, and the Rebels, mm -hmm. that's the Rebel fanfare. And Ben stays behind yeah, to fight. Pose the rebel fanfare again. Millennium Falcon flies out of the ship. Out of the Death Star. And then Luke reminisces about Obi-Wan. He mm -hmm. says, I can't believe he's gone. And so it's the sad Obi-Wan theme. Mm -hmm. And then Ben's theme again in the horn. And then Han says, come on, kid, we're not out of this yet. 
and so then they go get the guns and sit in the place so that they can attack all the TIE fighters that are chasing them mm-hmm. out of the Death Star. This is that transitional music while they're getting set up, getting their heads set on and all of that. This isn't any theme. This is just free music composed by John because he had 30 seconds that he needed to film. <laughs> and you can really tell where the arrival happens, where the dog fight starts. Fighting. The rebels. Rebels. Rebel fanfare. To blow up the last TIE fighter, which came, of course, from the Death Star. And here's the Death Star motif. So that's how John puts all those wow. those themes together. I'll point out just one quick thing about Vader's theme. Because everybody knows Vader's theme. Yeah. But the thing that I think is fantastic about this, when John went back in 1999 and wrote the music for Phantom Menace, when Darth Vader, who is Anakin Skywalker, when he's a little boy, but he writes Anakin this really, really beautiful theme that's in A major, Lydian, nice, really, really beautiful melodies. But listen to what he does here at the end. Anakin Skywalker, who is going to become Darth Vader. Listen to this. Listen to the harmonies. Whoa. Just enough. Just enough so that you know that he's going to become Vader, right? I mean, it's it's a fantastic bit of tone painting. One, I think we'll, we'll just play one more um, one more clip, and this is something that everybody knows. This is the it's called the Throne Room and End Title from the first oh, film. Yeah. I know this is one of your favorites. It, it opens up with a fanfare that's not necessarily related to anything, but the tune that you get is. The force theme, right? But instead of having it be a sort of more melancholy thing like it usually is, he sets it as a march. Right? Yeah. So it's fascinating because Ben is gone, clearly, but he and the force have sort of helped the heroes do what they need to do Mm -hmm. uh, at the end of the film by blowing up the Death Star. There are all sorts of these themes that come back. Uh, Why don't we just have a listen to it and I'll I'll talk you through them as as we go. Just a nice fanfare. 
Dann kann man eine. And here's the force theme. And this is a brand new tune. John called this his "Land of Hope and Glory" hmm. motif. It's meant to symbolize the heroes and their their purity. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the ring. And then, for the first time in a long time, the second part of Luke's theme comes back. That's why it's so important to know both strains of the main game. Mm-hmm. And the Hope and Glory theme comes back. And this is when the end titles come up. Main theme. I love that part. The Rebel Fanfare. strain of Luke's theme. Luke's theme again. Okay, here comes Leia's theme. Leia's theme is in the cellos, Rebel Fanfare in the flutes. Listen here. Hear that Rebel Fanfare up there? Mm -hmm. And 
one strain, but it changes. It's developmental. the rebel fanfare again but really slow and then the hope and glory theme as a closing fanfare some amazing stuff so it's i mean it's great music and you can totally just listen to the music as fantastic music to listen to Mm -hmm. and you don't need to know any of that to enjoy it but i feel like it's kind of like watching the ring for me it's like the more you know Mm -hmm. what all of the motifs mean the more you'll enjoy it because it's it's a more complete way to to enjoy the film it's genius it, it gives an entirely new dimension to that i mean even if you're not paying attention to the music this closely, you don't know much about it. The music is already fantastic. Yeah. It's so recognizable. It's so catchy. But when you're really paying attention to it, you can actually anticipate moments in the film because you're, you know, you're, t- you're tuned in to the music and you know what's about to happen. Yeah. Yeah. I love these scores and think they're just, they're, especially as a collection all six of them. I think it's it's one of the great artistic achievements of our time. It's amazing. It is amazing. It's yeah. just the music is that good. It really is. Isn't it? <laughs> Brett, thank you so much for being in the classical classroom today. I have so much music to listen to now. I'm suddenly interested in classical music. This is so weird. Heaven forbid. <laughs> right? <laughs> good. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. This has been the Classical Classroom. We'll catch you next time.